Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. Before I introduce the topic, I have to do a little shout-out to Game Changers Radio. Today we're live. It's October 10th, 2018. Seven years ago, last Friday, October 5th, 2011, was the debut episode of of Game Changers Radio. That's right. I started the show on October 5th, 2011. We first called ourselves Breakfast with Game Changers, and then we thought, nah, not so much. Everybody's having coffee somewhere in the world, but a lot of people don't have breakfast. So we renamed the series Coffee Break with Game Changers. And if those of you who've been our loyal, faithful fans all over the world, and by the way, to all of our Game Changers series, I think we're up to, forgive me for not remembering, 39 series right now. We have over 100,000 listeners around the world. This is business stuff. This isn't how to bake a pie or your favorite something to do on the weekends. We are so appreciative of our audience. And those of you who've been listening all these years, the wonderful voice of the gentleman who introduces the show. He passed away a couple years ago, but he has such a wonderful voice, R.J. Reynolds, that we keep his intro because it's just wonderful to us, and I always enjoy hearing his voice. So I'm not going to say this is our anniversary show, but I'm doing a shout-out to all of you around the world who have helped to make Game Changers Radio popular and those of you who appreciate what we're trying to do here, which is pure thought leadership on business topics, on business strategies, on technologies, on how you can run your business, start your business, and survive and thrive. So thank you from my heart to yours. Now let's get into the topic. I wasn't planning on that, but I had to. We are opening with a quote from Rob Bois, or Boyce, however he pronounces it, B-O-I-S. He's the director of product marketing at a company called Lattice Engines. Let me just read the quote, and then I'll set up who, we're, who our panelists are and what we're going to be talking about. He says, in the old days, sellers would bring their Rolodex from company to company. Now, they bring their LinkedIn network. Yes, we're talking about social selling. I'm very happy to have three panelists who worked with us on this topic a couple months ago. One is a replacement for one of our panelists, but he's been on many times. We started this topic on May 29, 2018, on changing the game with social selling radio. Shout out to Mohammed Arif and Kirsten Boyleau, who work on that series, and we've invited the panel back. So we're going to be talking today about social sellers playbook, the top five do's and don't do's. It's easier for me to write don't do's than don'ts. I never know where the ex- where the parentheses go or the, uh, the uh, apostrophe, excuse me. So what are we talking about? Top salespeople have mastered how to use sales networks, social networks. We know that. They're growing their revenue potential. They're exceeding their quotas. They are prospecting more efficiently and they've got a great pipeline. It's robust. It's alive. How are they doing it? They are carefully following the etiquette rules of each major social network. Think about Facebook. Think about LinkedIn. Think about Twitter. Everybody, every place, every channel has its own ways of working, ways of connecting, ways of reaching people. And of course, there are many other social channels. Selling on social requires you to know what your customers and prospects want to see. What's on their mind? How and when do they want to see it? How often do they want to see you, hear from you? 
and your own social media and selling goals. So we've assembled this panel. They're back and they're going to share their top five guidelines, the do's and the don't do's to help you write your own social selling playbook. And that's what you need. So welcome. Now let me tell you who my three panelists are and then we'll get started. We're welcoming back Joanne S. Black. She is the author of a book called No More cold calling and she means it she'll tell us a little bit about her book again joining her on the panel again is Lori Richardson CEO of score more sales also very on target and rounding out the panel he was not the original SAP person on this topic but he's been on with us so many times over the years it's Phil Lurie current title is vice president of sales technology and head of social selling at SAP. Welcome to my panelists. Joanne Black is up first, and Joanne has sent us a wonderful quote from Steven Spielberg. I didn't realize he has initials after his name. Joanne, it's Steven Allen Spielberg, K-B-E-O-M-R-I. I don't know what they mean. Winston Churchill has more letters, and I don't know what those mean either. Spielberg was born in December 1946. To me, he's a young guy. He's an American filmmaker, considered one of the founding pioneers of the new Hollywood era, and one of the most popular directors and producers in film history. He started his success with Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the Indiana Jones series, the Extraterrestrial, Jurassic Park, The Color Purple, Shindle's List. I, I will go on and on and take up the whole show. Here is the quote Joanna selected. Even though I get older, whatever what I do never gets old, and that's what I think keeps me hungry. Joanne Black, how are you? And welcome back. Oh, thanks, Bonnie. And that quote resonated with me, especially this week, because of social media. I have a definite point of view about how to use social media, and I have been accused, and I'm using that word intentionally, of being old school. Oh, dear. Because I say that you must actually talk to people uh, who offer to refer you. You must Use LinkedIn to begin a conversation, begin a relationship, and then take the conversation offline. The accusations have been that, oh, that will never scale. You need to use digital for everything. And I say no. So even though we all get older, there is something about old school because that's about building relationships. And the way you do that is by having a conversation. And that doesn't happen by typing away. You actually need to pick up the phone and talk to people. What an amazing concept, Joanne. Keep keep going. Relationships, right? Yes. Yep. It's still about people, isn't it? It's just about people. Joanne, I know a few years ago I was told that one of the nicest things you can do for someone, if you meet them, whether it's business or not, see if you agree, is to write them a handwritten note, a thank you note on paper with a pen. Don't type it. Don't use a computer. Don't use a typewriter if people still own those. Write it. Sign it. Pick a note card with a pretty picture on it or a photo that you took and that personal touch. Is that what we're talking about, Joanne, here, the personal touch, the human touch? Uh, the personal touch, absolutely. So, yes, we have to have a conversation. We need to talk to people. We get so much information that way. But then that thank you note, and you're right, we get so few of those. And I've had people email me and call me and want to know where I got my stationery. <laughs> the thank you notes. You know, we don't get those today. What do we open first? We open the handwritten notes. We don't open the electric bill. 
you know, we don't open the gas, we don't open any of that. We open the handwritten personal notes, and that has not gone out of style. In fact, I had a millennial I wrote to. I sent her a note, and she tweeted and said, look what Joanne Black sent me, and had a picture of the note. It matters for all of us. It's it's a wonderful concept, and that's what your message is, is pick up the blank, 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 blank phone and talk to somebody. And, Joanne, that's how I designed Game Changers Radio seven years ago, to be a conversation among real people who are passionate about a topic, have a point of view, are bold enough to say what their point of view is, and want to talk to each other. And I think that's why people listen, because we're real people having a conversation. No slides, no script. Joanne, thank you so much. Wonderful introduction, and you picked a really great quote to start. So we'll be hearing a lot more from you. We'll be talking about your company and your book in a few minutes, and thank you. Now let's circle a little bit around the table to Lori Richardson. If you're looking for her, she spells her first name L-O-R-I, CEO of Scoremore Sales. And Lori has picked a quote from Buddha. Lori, I had quite a time looking up Buddha. Uh, Here's what I found about Buddha, whoever he was. Gautama Buddha, circa 563 or 480. That was the birth date. Circa 483 to 400 BCE. That was the death date. Also known as Siddhartha Gautama, Shakyamuni, the sage of the Shakyas, Buddha, or simply the Buddha, after the title of Buddha. He was a monk called a Shramana, a mendicant and a sage, on whose teachings Buddhism was founded, believed to have lived and taught mostly in the northeastern part of ancient India between the 6th and 4th centuries, BCE, that's right, we counted backwards in those days. Here is the quote Lori has picked. I know, Bonnie, get to it already. Quote, thousands of, thousands of candles can be lit from a single candle, and the life of the candle will not be shortened. Happiness never decreases by being shared. I'm all emotional, Lori. I love the quote. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks a lot. And I think it's important because you can help showcase others and you can talk others up and it doesn't diminish you at all. So tell me something. Is this a favorite quote of yours from Buddha? And, and you're absolutely right. The amount of time you spend on social, the number of times you contact people, it, it just grows your reach, but it doesn't take away from you. So are you a big follower of Buddha? This happens to be a beautiful quote, a life lesson. Talk I'm, to me about how you picked it. I'm I'm not a big follower of Buddha, Buddha, but I love the the quote, and I have a collection. I actually have a video that someone did that covers a similar message that I share with people quite often, because I think sometimes, uh, especially if we're kind of up and coming in business, we think that we need to focus on ourselves, and it's, I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and look at my company, and look at this, and if you just start focusing on others first, It's amazing how people will circle around and go, hmm, she she or he, they're they're always thinking about other people. Maybe maybe I should talk to them. Maybe they have a little more, you know, that I need to hear. And and it's it's just an amazing strategy. I guess you could call it a philosophy, but it's something that I've done in business and I've encouraged others to do for many years. You talk up others, ask about them first. Don't connect and try to sell to them. You know, learn about them. See what they're doing. And I'm sure we'll go into with some of the do's and don'ts later, um, but that's my underlying foundation. 
Thank you, Laurie. And it is so important to think in terms of the relationship. Joanne mentioned it. You mentioned it. Building a relationship and being a real person. Laurie, how hard is that for people who are, quote, unquote, dyed-in-the-wool salespeople from the previous generations of selling? Nope. Got to do as many as possible. Got to keep that pipeline full. No, I got to hit 5,000 people today, and, and I got to get 12 phone calls in, and I got to send 15 right. thank you emails, and I got to post my latest pictures on Instagram, and I got to check what my clients are doing. I mean, seriously, <laughs> is is it still a numbers game? How does it boil down to personal if you are up against the quota system. Lori? I love the companies that have sales leadership where ultimately it's about having conversations that lead to business. And so it's it's not a how many dials did you do. That just doesn't work anymore. Um, it, it's about how many conversations did you have with people this week. And that goes for a one-person business or a multinational company. It, we need to keep forwarding our conversations, adding value, bringing more to it. And, uh, you know, it's critically important and, and building relationships and, and working to stay. You know, I see social platforms as tools they're my marketing tools. I'm a publisher. I'm in sales, but I'm a publisher, and that's part of my job. So I need to find out how to do that. And it's easier or harder in different types of companies. One thing that I'll, I'll disagree with Joanne on is that I can build relationships, and I, I've seen many people build relationships online that don't always end or don't move to a phone call, and quite a bit of business has been done. So I... I also think that it's important to to follow the etiquette rules of social channels and at the same time watch as trends change and just and be accepting of you know some things that are things that shift and move a little bit. Interesting, Joanne. Do you want to comment on that before I go to Phil's quote? I, I don't want to miss that opportunity for that uh, <laughs> that sure. shade of meaning. Absolutely. Go ahead, Joanne. Well, you know, if you're in a transactional sale. Uh, and it's not complex, and you have one buyer. Of course, you know a lot of things are closed online and in a digital format. But what we're, what I'm talking about is account executives who have more complex sales, have many different buyers. Price tag is higher. Uh, the risk is greater for the buyer. Uh, we need to have those conversations. We start on digital, absolutely. And when Lori says it's a tool, it's a phenomenal tool we never, ever used to have. We get so much information, sometimes too much. But that's where we start. That's where we begin a conversation. We begin a relationship for a complex sale. Lori? Uh, I generally agree, and I think that that's very important. I'm just adding that I have um, built relationships and maybe I met the person years later, um, and maybe I didn't. I, I honestly, there are relationships where I've not talked to someone on the phone, and, and we've done tens of thousands of dollars worth of business. I know it's weird, but I, I've seen that, and, and I, I don't th- think it's the best way to go, but that can happen. And some people just want to do business quickly, and it's not a simple sale. It's more complex. Um, but we have new options now. We have video. You know, we have, we can talk through programs. We can talk on LinkedIn. It, you know, it's a lot different with um, messaging and video. 
Thank you both. I want. I know Phil wants to clank. Phil is just, I, I won't say he's dying to, but I know he wants to chime on us. Phil Lurie, VP of Sales Technology and Head of Social Selling at SAP. Phil, before I read your quote from Mark Twain, you want to chime in on this interesting uh, discussion. I won't even call it a debate. What do you think, Phil? You're right. I, I was uh, itching to say something. <laughs> I know, I know. Holding my tongue. So, um, actually, I'll, I'll give you this thought. I, I, I do like, first of all, courtesy is, is really important. I agree with that. <clears throat> and I think that what you have to do is communicate with people the way they want to be communicated with. In other words, uh, millennials might mm-hmm. actually not want to get a phone call. They might rather, uh, well, maybe not the millennials, maybe the Xers. Uh, they want to get, they rather, uh, they'd rather use texting as opposed to phone calls. Uh, I, I find it hilarious watching my kids uh, dictating text messages to their phone. Why don't you just call the person? Uh, but that's, you know, my being a little bit older, not understanding. But no, I, I do understand that. So I think there's a combination. I, I think you have to understand who your audience is. Uh, and, uh, you know, just like we say with social selling, uh, go to where your customers are. I, I think you have to use the mode of communication that they are most comfortable with. And uh, I, I think you have to judge each circumstance differently. Just remember that social selling is essentially social. And that means you need that interaction. And people buy from people they trust. And however you establish the trust. So if you're dealing with someone who you think would be uh, really appreciative of a written note, I know I would be. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. if, I were, if I were going on a job interview today, I would send a thank you note. I, I just would. But that's where I come from. That's my background. And it might not be appreciated, uh, but that's the way I think I should be. And if I get one, which is rare, I think it's really important. And it would probably give that candidate an edge in getting hired with me. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, there's no one answer. It's it's kind of adjust to your circumstances. So I think I'm kind of sitting there with King Solomon kind of in mind. I was going to say you're a good good peacemaker. We didn't divide the baby in half. We have a happy baby here. Thank you very much. And I did mention this in my opening. You got to have to know what your customers and prospects want to see, how and when they want to see it from you and your own social media and sales goals. Phil, now let's get to, we, we obviously have a good panel here, a lot to talk about. Phil has selected a quote from Mark Twain. This is a good one. Everybody listen up. This is basically words to live by. By the way, Mark Twain, 1835 to 1910, obviously still relevant. Samuel Langhorne Clemens, American writer, humorist, entrepreneur, publisher, and lecturer. They always had so many things to say about themselves in those days, Phil, or their biographers. His novels include The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, 1876. Its sequel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, 1885. And the latter is often called, get this, young people listening out there, The Great American Novel. And if you hear people respond or using that phrase, which I do from time to time, we're referring to The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Here's the quote Phil has selected from Mark Twain. When in doubt, tell the truth. It will confound your enemies and astound your friends. Phil, I want to ask how you've been. Obviously, you're in great form today. Where did you find this quote? I don't know where I found it. I've just heard so much about it. Uh, I just love it because uh, as I've gotten older uh, and more crusty, I've decided that I can't keep track of stories, so I just tell the truth all the time. (laughs) So it's just easier. There's another Samuel... Clemens or Mark Twain quote that I like too, and I'm not going to have it exactly, but it's something to the effect of uh, 
when I was a teenager, I thought my father was the greatest embarrassment, and uh, I couldn't stand having, you know, what he said. But uh, when I turned 21, I was amazed how much the old gent had learned in the last three years. That's a great one. I'm looking it up. Well, father was an embarrassment. So, so we've already heard you weigh in. Uh, Phil, when it comes to, well, we're going to get into the playbooks in a few minutes. That's what I promised our listeners. So let's get to, let's dive a little bit deeper in this. You were mentioning we referenced what Joanne said and what Lori said. How do you know where your prospects and customers want to be reached, want to be communicated with, not spoken to, but how do you know? Do you have to follow them? Do you set up a profile for them, Phil? How do you know when they would appreciate that phone call per Joanne or when they would appreciate a few more messages perhaps on LinkedIn or a a one-on-one chat on a private message on, on Twitter? How do you know who wants what, Phil? Uh, it's a bit of an experimentation and a bit of research. The research mm-hmm. is, as you mentioned, following them. Uh, you know, when you're trying to connect with someone, follow them on, on uh, LinkedIn, follow them on Twitter, you know, see if they're communicating that way and then respond in, in a likewise manner. And then try communicating with your what you think is your best approach. Uh, GDPR and the new regulations in mm-hmm. Europe kind of restrict you from cold calling. So uh, that probably won't work right away, but if you establish communication and get consent from from folks, you can call them. Uh, but uh, you can communicate through LinkedIn because they've opted into that. So uh, I generally uh, start an approach with using a LinkedIn email message and trying to get the person that I'm trying to talk to um, into my network so that I can communicate more freely. And then I have the opportunity to ask them if we can communicate via other channels. So uh, I have to be very careful, not just of the etiquette, etiquette portions of it, but the legal uh, components of it. And a number of multinational firms have to obey uh, yeah. the GDPR regulations, even if they're in North America or in the United States. So uh, we're very conscious of that. And a number of our you know, big, other big companies have, have that uh, concern as well. And also, I think the rules are going to be changing in the United States in the next few years, there were regulations passed in California and Vermont and a few other places that are going to restrict, uh, you know, spam calling and, and cold calling. So um, I think, you know, calling first is, is probably not the best approach. So uh, what, we tr- what we try to do and I recommend to people is LinkedIn. The other, the other component is social listening tools, seeing what they're saying, seeing what's being said about mm-hmm. them. And when you reach out to someone, make sure you have something valid to say. Just don't, you know, reach out and throw out a, a blank invitation as, as LinkedIn has, you know, say why you're trying to reach out to me, why, why you want to talk to me, and you'll get a much better response. And once again, also on LinkedIn, have a great profile so that uh, they know yes. who, you're, who they're talking to. So exactly. who, why, and all those things. Those are the exactly. Things. And by the way, I found the quote you were referencing. Twain apparently said it the following way. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But... When I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. That's the one I found. Right, Phil? Oh, I got my years wrong, but okay. <laughs> oh, close enough. It's great. It's great. I've already, I'm already uh, tweeting the other quote. Let me just quickly go around the table. What we usually do at this point is three questions for each of our guests. Where are you calling from? Where in the world, city or state or country? What's your favorite drink? That's the part of the show called What's in Your Cup Today, but we've expanded it to what's your favoriteest drink in 
the whole wide world that makes you the happiest? And third question, what have you been up to if you're a returning panelist, as all three of my guests today are? Oh, latest book, what's your company doing, etc., etc. But I want to just get, before we do that part, Joanne, let's just get your feedback on what Phil said in terms of doing the listening and the following and understanding the profile of where and how they want to be reached. What's your thought on that, Joanne? Well, absolutely. And sending a personal message for uh, an invitation is essential. I probably get, oh, maybe 20% of the invites are personal, uh, which doesn't begin a relationship or begin a conversation. Now, my business is a little different, and that's why I said what I said. So my business is all referrals. So what that means is someone introduces me to a prospect. We set up a time to talk. But before the introduction, I have a conversation with the person who's referring me because that's critical. I get intel that's not on LinkedIn, that's not anyplace else, and they know the business reason for the introduction. So that's why I have the phone calls is because someone actually wants to talk to me. And so the outreach is very personal, and that's what makes the difference in the conversation. That's what accelerates the sales process. I do believe in all kinds of outreach. I mean, all of us are active on social media, LinkedIn especially. We know how to use it. And I go back to the fact it is a tool. And to Lori's point, I've had many conversations on LinkedIn and we've exchanged information. We've talked about a lot of things. And then I'm going to a city they're in and we meet and it's actually like we've been friends for years. <laughs> so that is really the beginning of the relationship. There you go. Lori, comments on that? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with all of it. And, and I, <laughs> I think what I'm trying to say is that I just think it's expanded in a way that I love learning every day, and I love, uh, that's why I love the sales industries, because there's, you know, it, we're dealing with people and human nature, and we never know all the answers, and, and so I, I just love seeing, for example, how people are now wanting to set appointments or, or meetings for calls through LinkedIn, where that didn't used to happen before. We would go to email, then I would send an email, and now things are, you know, I just see shifts, little shifts here and there. And I think it's interesting to observe them. And I still do business with people without talking to them on the phone sometimes. Okay, <laughs> thank you very much. Let's circle around. Phil, I'll get you in a second. Joanne Black, three questions. Number one, where are you in the world today? Number two, what's your favoriteest, bestest drink in the whole wide world that keeps you smiling and feeling great about what you do? And third question is just give us a little 60-second overview of what's going on with you and your book and your company. Okay, so I'm in San Francisco Bay Area, a beautiful place to be and an exciting place to be with miserable traffic. But other than that, loving it, my favorite drink is sparkling water. Well, why? Because it's really simple. It's down to earth, kind of like me. Uh, But the bubbles are wonderful. You know, they're lively, they're energizing, and sparkling water comes in different flavors so I don't get bored. And it's not fattening. So that's probably the best part. So I love sparkling water. What's new with me is that I never thought that referrals would be more important than ever, and they are. So what's new with me 
is I've doubled down and I'm asking for referrals all the time. I'm out there networking. I'm meeting people. I am helping them. To go back to what Lori said, you know, we need to, to give to help people and with expecting absolutely nothing back. Mm-hmm. And the more we do that, the more our network expands, the more relationships we have, the more we learn, and the better human beings we are. And so my second book is Pick Up the Damn Phone. The <laughs> subtitle is How People, Not Technology, Seal the Deal. I stick with that. That's my stake in the ground, Bonnie. Very well put. Thank you very much. Laurie, same three questions for you. Where are you today? What's your favorite drink? It makes you at the happiest, your wonderful smile and your picture. I'm looking at you right now. And what have you been up to? Laurie Richardson. I am based in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, although today I am at the Aria Hotel in Las Vegas. And I'm, I'm here for a big sales and marketing conference. Um, I am drink- I've been on the road for 10 days. and. Mm. I'm drinking a nonfat latte, and it's delicious because uh, it's one of the simple pleasures I can have when I'm on the road. It, it is one of the most wonderful things I can drink, other than maybe a nice Cabernet, uh, but not this time of day. So, um, so that is what I'm doing, and it's interesting because at this sales and marketing conference, it's all about the one of the keynotes is all about how much harder it is for buyers to buy and how we have to help them and ways that we can help them. I think it's very interesting. This ties in with it. Uh, what I'm working on, I have an anthology of sales stories uh, by women in, who are in sales roles and by men who are um, champions of them. And it's going to be out in November. So it's just a little behind. It was due to be out by now, but it will be out at the end of November. Thank you very much. Congratulations on that. November is not that Thank far you. away. Really not. And by the way, to our right. audience, Lori has to drop in, in uh, 15, 13 minutes. So we're going to, I'm going to change the order a little bit so we can make sure we get what we need from her. Phil, Lori, where are you? What do you love to drink? What's up? I'm uh, I'm in my home office in uh, Paramus, New Jersey, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of miles to the northwest of New York City, and uh, I'm drinking uh, coffee. I drink I drink black coffee. My uh, uh, body and I have discussed this before. I, I like uh, chock full of nuts. No nuts. It's just coffee, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's an old brand, and it's a, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's simple, and uh, I make it uh, every day, and it, it gets me going in the morning. My favorite drink is actually filtered water. Boy, am really? I boring, but frankly, <laughs> it's very refreshing. It doesn't have any salt, and uh, I, I can drink as much of it as I want. There's no calories, and it cleans you out, and I feel, uh, you know, as far as uh, anti, you know, toxins and things. So uh, I follow my doctor's recommendations and drink a lot of uh, filtered water, and I enjoy it, and especially with a little ice in it. So that's, Ooh, uh, that's my interesting. drink. Interesting. Okay, and what have you been up to? So I'm uh, continuing with our uh, rollout of social selling at, at SAP. Uh, we're, we're, we're focusing now more than just getting people introduced to the idea of social selling, but giving them the more advanced tools. And we're looking at tools to help them with social advocacy so that they can build their social brands. And we're looking at how we can provide good content so that salespeople sound like um, the experts they really want to be. 
and, uh, and in, the, in the meantime, they're promoting the company, but we want them not to be company megaphones. We want them to have content that uh, talks about the industry uh, that they're in and uh, so that uh, people would be more inclined to talk to them when, when they reach out. So uh, we're uh, you know, getting people trained and ready for that. And it's uh, so far been very well accepted. And uh, occasionally I get to uh, go out and talk uh, at a couple of conferences. And uh, I also uh, am an adjunct professor in, in um, internet marketing, actually. So I'm uh, also putting together my notes for a book. So <laughs> we have three authors here. Uh, I'm, Wonderful. I'm the laggard of the group, though. <laughs> no, you're not. I've been planning my book for years, and I just started it during a storm a couple weeks ago. So I'm the fourth, and mine's going to take the longest. <laughs> it's a, it's a, uh, it's going to be published under a pseudonym. It's a, a semi-autobiographical, and the names are definitely will be changed to protect the guilty. So that's all I'm going to say. No more comments on that. By the way, I'm in Durham. Uh, I just checked the weather map. Hurricane Michael is forging a very forceful and forthright path up the from the Gulf Coast all the way up and it looks like he will come within uh, distance uh, close enough or too close to the Raleigh-Durham area Thursday morning early so I think we're going to have to batten our hatches down we were spared the the fury of Florence a few weeks ago some of our neighboring communities were certainly not spared that but I don't know what it's going to be this time so I'm glad the show is today because tomorrow it's stormy day again and all I'm allowed to have of course is no coffee no caffeine today's a double radio show day already hosted a webinar had a prep call and two radio shows today so all I'm allowed to have is water fill and I just use my Brita filter in the refrigerator and I use the ice cubes that are not made with filter water because I have an ice maker in my fridge here in my new house so what can I tell you so here's what we're going to do we're going to change the format a little bit. Instead of going round and picking one topic from each of my panelists' lists for the roundtables, I'm going to do what we promised in the beginning is I'm going to read, we're going to start with Lori, I'm going to read your top five do's for Social Sellers Playbook, and I want you to pick one of those five, Lori, and just give me a 60-second expansion of it. Then I'll do the same for Joanne, then I'll do the same for Phil, and then we'll go through your top five don'ts, and I think we can squeeze in covering both for Lori before she has to leave us. Then I'll have more time with Joanne and Phil. So Lori Richardson, here's what you sent me. The top five do's for a social seller's playbook. Number one, use social to help get your message out. And no, it is just part of a multifaceted marketing strategy. Listeners, you better be taking notes. Number two, use your best people skills like listening and focusing on others. Number three, realize it takes multiple touches to build relationships. Number four, build relationships one interaction at a time. And number five, play the long game. Lori, what's your favorite one? And give me a 60-second expansion, please. I think they all tie together. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to pick number three. Realize it takes multiple touches to build relationships. Uh, you know, there's a saying, when, if you want shade in your yard, when is the best time to plant a tree? And it's not the day that you want shade. So... You need to cultivate relationships just like you cultivate a garden and, and make contact with people without immediately trying to sell to them. And this is a big problem. I know we all see it. Uh, it it's irritating. It's, you know, it's not the way professional selling should be. And if I could impart any one point, it would be, you know, I understand salespeople are under pressure to to hit their numbers and 
and but you have to build relationships over time. You cannot just connect to someone on LinkedIn and then the next message is about what you're doing and how you want to sell them your stuff. It is not attractive. It is not helpful. Nobody likes it. So find ways to understand your buyer. Like Phil was talking about, you know, socially listen, social listening to what they're talking about, what their company is talking about. And, you know, find out through multiple sources what would be a value to them rather than just assuming that your product or service is, you know, going to help them whether it will or not. And, and build a relationship. Find out what they need and how you can be of service. Thank you very much. Joanne S. Black, I'm looking at your five. They're brief and to the point. I'm going to read the five and ask you to pick your favorite and tell us similarly. Number one, have a strategy. Number two, build thought leadership. Number three, interact with your prospects. Number four, identify mutual connections. And number five, follow up. Joanne, what's your favorite? Tell me more. Well, interact with your prospects, and that kind of ties into thought leadership as well. So we mm-hmm. need to be active on social and engaging in conversations. And it's, there's so much there. It's really easy to click a button and like something, which is fine from time to time. But the, one of the ways we build thought leadership is actually thinking about a response and commenting on what someone's written, which then sparks other conversation, asking a question. All of that is engaging in conversation digitally, yes. And that's how you start to get to know people, which is really the beginning of a relationship. We need to make the time to do that. Not easy, but make the time. And set goals around how much time you're going to spend on LinkedIn and how do you spend it wisely. And it's not clicking buttons. Not clicking buttons. Thank you very much. Let me go down to Phil's list here. Phil, I'm scrolling down as fast as my little scroll finger will take me. Here we go. Phil says, here are his top five do's for a social seller's playbook. Number one, listen before you speak. Remember the adage, having two ears and one mouth? There's a reason. Number two, make sure your profile presents you professionally. It's your 21st century business card and your chance at making a first good impression. Great. Number three, Build your network. The more connections, the fewer the in-mails that are needed. Networking is the key to social selling. Number four, publish articles relevant to your interests to build your personal brand. Be seen as the professional you are. And number five, collaborate with your team to penetrate key accounts, share your contacts, ask for help. Social is a team sport after all. I'm amazed at the the breath we've gotten from the three of you. Phil, what's your favorite that you'd like to explain for us? Well, I think uh, some of my favorites were already taken, so let me emphasize number five, which is collaborate with your team. Uh, That's part of our newer approach. Uh, I kind of think of the the hive mentality. uh, that We all know parts of the puzzle, and if we work together, we can penetrate key accounts better. And uh, knowing, you know, and, uh, and you build the relationship and uh, you build the relationship on your side, but also with the client company where you might be trying to sell, uh, knowing several people there is much better than just knowing one person. Uh, the person that you're just establishing a relationship leads and gets promoted or whatever, uh, you still have other people on the uh, other team that you can communicate with. 
So uh, it's really important for big deals to have uh, multiple, you know, depth of communication and, and using your team from your side and, and uh, understanding the team on the other side. And I don't mean that other side as opposed as opponents. I mean just the people that you're trying to help. But all the other components are there too. I mean the listening and, and being social. But uh, there's an approach to doing it, and that's why I like that tip. Uh, Thank you very much. I like the ball. I love the range of tips, as I said, from everybody. Uh, Lori, before you go, we got three minutes left with you. I'm going to hit your list of the top five don'ts, and you'll explain, please, your favorite one. Number one, don't spread yourself out too thin on too many social platforms. Uh Aha. Number two, don't use outdated messaging. Stay current. Number three, don't. Reach out to people just to market to them. Number four, don't think of people as dollar signs. And number five, don't think what you do socially won't affect your brand. Woo, Lori, what's your favorite? Uh, I'd have to go with don't don't think that what you do socially won't affect your brand. I've talked to people that said, yeah, people tell me I need to build my brand on social media. And and I tell them, you already have a brand. (laughs) Uh, It may not be, it it may be hardly anything. It may be that they Google your name and they come up with, you know, when you went to jail or something, but you have a brand. And so you need to be thinking about whether you're a busy sales rep or a sales leader or building a company Think about ways that you can put up a a smart LinkedIn profile that helps educate people about the value that you bring, not just your resume, but how you help other people and how you might be able to help them. And, And put a little time into it. Make time every week. You know, it could be 15 minutes. And everybody has 15 minutes. I was a single mom when I got into sales. And I worked nights and weekends to to, you know, be able to close enough business to support my family. And I know that um, everyone can make some time. People will say, I don't have time to do social. Um, but you make time and you build a strategy and and go with that strategy and it will pay off big time. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table to Joanne S. Black and Joanne's five don'ts are don't ask for a referral on social media. Number two, don't pitch or sell. Number three, don't click buttons. Number four, don't participate in conversations. I want to hear about that. And number five, don't have no strategy. Joanne, what's your favorite? (laughs) Well, I'm going to go to pitch, sell, which we've uh, touched on. But it's, it's about using LinkedIn incorrectly. Okay. And if we... We need to be social on social media, and people have forgotten that. They've forgotten that social part. I get requests. I'm going to give an example. This guy calls me twice, leaves voicemails. I don't answer the phone unless I know who's calling. Two voicemails. Mm-hmm. Then I get an email from him, and I don't answer. And then I get an fo- uh, email from him after that. And in the email, he says, something about, I know you're busy, and here's who we are, and I really like your approach about no cold calling, and he wants to set up a time to talk. This guy is stalking me, and he likes my approach, so why is he contacting me without a referral? So it's just this huge disconnect. I find people are stalking. When they send an invitation, many times they will tell all about themselves in the invitation. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're done. I'm not connecting with them. 
And then after I accept, and by the way, I always accept with a personal response, then they send the pitch. I had no tolerance for that. I remove them as a connection immediately. That yep. is not the purpose of LinkedIn. The purpose is to be social and have a conversation, digital first and then offline. So that sends me up a tree, and it's a waste of time. But here's the thing. Sometimes I think it's not the fault of these people. Somebody's mm. making them do it. They have goals around you have to send so many emails, so many invitations, make so many cold calls. That's what they have to do. So I go back to who's the manager and who's making them do it. This is not a profile of a top salesperson. Thank you, Joanne. Very interesting. A lot of good points there. Lori, are you still with us? If you are, I want to say goodbye and thank yes. you and ask you. I'm going to give jump me a, off. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Any quick prediction between now and 2025? Quick prediction on social selling? Just one sentence? Video. Thank you. Great. Video. Okay. Lori Richardson, been <laughs> great having you on. Thank you, dear. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. We got it all in. Thank you very much. Phil, Lori, we're up to your don't list. I'm going to read the five, and then you can pick your favorite. We're doing great on time here. Phil says, don't spam on social. Do you like receiving it? Well, neither do your prospects. Number two, don't accept every invitation unless you want to be spammed. There are a lot of newcomers who don't use the tools properly and don't get social. Uh, number three, don't argue with other people in blogs. It takes two to argue and why debase yourself? Wow. Number four, don't only publish articles about your company. Follow the 80-20 rule. Do you want to be a megaphone of sound bites like an industry expert? A megaphone of sound, thank you. And number five, don't post without adding content. Your reason for publishing. Why are you sending this to me? Didn't you read it? Add value. Phil, what's your favorite one of the top five don'ts? Um, well, don't spam. We hate getting spam. I hate getting phone calls that, and, 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 you know, as Joanne was mentioning, we're in the same, you know, we're in the same uh, perspective. It, it's annoying. People don't know what the tools are for. Uh, it is supposed to be social environment. And uh, we had a, a case where people were coming off cold calling and uh, being told they couldn't do it anymore legally. So they switched to uh, sending out bulk invitations uh, to uh, people on LinkedIn without even personalizing invitations. And for some unknown reason, they didn't get good responses. So they said <laughs> social selling doesn't work. And I said, no, social selling doesn't work. You're just not, it uh, does work. You're just not using it correctly. And then we had to do a bit of remediation. And uh, it, it's just, uh, it's going to be a battle. Uh, I also, I want to sort of digress and, and go back to one of uh, point, one of points that Joanne raised, which yes. I really support, is it is the managers. And uh, in my, my job, I'm spending more time trying to convince middle management to change what they're asking their people to do, uh, because I think the people in the field know that cold calling doesn't work, and they don't want to bother doing it. Uh, and the managers are just trying, you know, the, if we're below quota or pipeline's not up to speed, we're going to just try everything and they get, they get desperate and, and head off in the wrong direction. Uh, so I think that uh, goes back to keeping your head during a crisis. So um, I, I, I kind of agree that it's, we've got, uh, from my point of view, it's more middle management or senior management is really getting the, uh, the, the, the account executives 
uh, to get relief from their account managers, from the sales managers, because we've got to change the game uh, so that people start behaving in a more effective manner and uh, improve the company's image, uh, any company's image. I mean, if you're a spammer, that's a bad reputation. And mm-hmm. uh, we don't want to do that. So cold calling hurts you more than it helps you in, in today's world. Interesting. Uh, Joanne is with me. Phil is with me. Joanne S. Black and Phil Lurie. Joanne and Phil. Uh, Lurie Richardson, our third panelist, had to drop, as we just mentioned a minute ago. I'd like to dive a little bit more into building a personal brand. So we're almost ready for our predictions round, but since there are just two of you left, I'm going to give you each 60 seconds to talk about what's the most important thing you can do to build a social brand. And the question I want you to approach, please, Joanne, first, then Phil, is do you need a separate personal slash professional brand from the brand you create as a member of a team at a company. Now, Joanne, you own your, you run your own business, so it's different for you. Phil, you work for a, a big organization. So, but what is your perspective on building a personal brand on social so that you are on your own two feet, identified as that person versus, or in addition to building a brand that relates to your company? Joanne, what are your thoughts, please? Mm-hmm. Well, it's about thought leadership to me, building a personal brand. It's about who you are and how you communicate what your content is. Is it fluff? Is it relevant? Uh, Do you have accurate research? What's your point of view? I relate to people who have definite points of view. I mean, Bonnie, you know I do, and my Mm -hmm. voice has gotten even stronger, especially with the accusation I mentioned when we first talked, that we need to know who people are. And people sometimes think, well, that puts you in a bucket and people won't think of you outside that. But the fact is that we like to know people's perspective. We do business with those who have a specific perspective, a specific skill, a specific expertise. We don't want fit everything. We don't want to do business with someone who's everything. We want to do business with the expert. And that's why thought leadership, I think, is critical in building our brand. Thank you very much. Good points. Phil, personal brand, company brand, merge them, one and the same, separate, yes or no? Talk to me. Well, it's a complicated issue, but let me try to divide it into some classic theories. Uh, marketing has two major roles, uh, generally speaking. One is uh, uh, pipeline generation or uh, building opportunities, you know, identifying new, con- new contacts, lead gen, lead gen. And the other part is, is corporate brand. And to corporate brand, if you're a big company, uh, you might be sponsoring sports teams or doing television advertising or magazine advertising or airport ag- advertising, especially in the software industry, whereas the individual has to build a personal brand. And uh, the company's brand is really uh, twofold. Part of it is the, uh, the, the brand that the brand management team is running. But the other is the components of all those wonderful individuals working in your organization. And a company is only as good as the team that it keeps, the people that it keeps. And uh, we strongly recommend, or I personally strongly recommend to people, that they not be company megaphones. And it was one of my don'ts. 
uh, I think you really to need to be uh, the professional you are. So when we're publishing content or providing content to people, we make sure that they have a mix of internal and external content so they can talk about that. So to Joanne's point, I think people want to buy from people that are experts. Uh, they want to know that they're talking to a knowledgeable individual. And hopefully what will happen in sales in the next few years is that we'll have the means of your being found as, a, as the expert, and I want to talk to you about what you know and that you can help me. Uh, and then they provide some information about their problems, and you start that conversation so that you can do the, the listening uh, that you did before. Um, there's one point I actually disagree with uh, uh, Joanne on. I'm sorry. Uh, but I, don't I be think sorry. that people also like people who have been uh, in broad experience. Uh, you don't want someone who's just narrowly focused who's only solved one problem because people like that are, are – uh, the old expression, I'm sorry about old expressions today, but uh, if, the only, uh, if the only tool you have is a hammer, all your problems are nails. I don't want to talk to someone who's just going to suggest the same thing. Someone who's had a broader experience, for example, if you've worked in the legal industry and then you're now supporting the uh, marketing or supporting a uh, manufacturing industry, a lot of the software products you use are the same. So you can carry your experience from one area to another. Uh, you might know more about the fact that you have to save, uh, you know, do things about uh, a document management in one field, and that's really never been thought of in your new area, and it's really valuable. So I kind of disagree with that one point about not being uh, expert in one area, but actually, you know, sometimes it's great to talk to a generalist. Thank you, Phil. We appreciate okay, so that. I and guess what, Joanne? Type in enough for one yes, but I need your so, prediction really fast. Answer and then give me uh, okay. give me a ten second prediction. Go ahead, please. Okay. The prediction is that relationships are going to be more important than ever. People do business with people, and unless they lo- like you and trust you, they're not going to do business with you. It doesn't matter what company you work for. That's the prediction. Th- oh, thank you. Good, Phil. You've got six, you've got uh, thirty seconds for your prediction. Fast. Veep, veep. I agree with that. I agree with Joanne on that one. Uh, I think that sales is going to change. I think that we're going to have fewer people that are out there in the sales force, and they're going to have different roles. And I think the role is going to be more of answering customer questions and helping uh, people uh, really uh, navigate through a complicated purchase process. Thank you very much. Uh, maybe one day it won't be called social selling. It'll be called the Joanne S. Black Method, or it'll be called the Phil Lurie Syndrome or something like that. I don't know. That's my prediction. It's just going to be selling. We all know that. We're not, not going to talk about social. I want to thank my three guests, Joanne S. Black. Wonderful. Feel better. We couldn't hear your, your cold or your sore throat. You sounded great, Joanne, as always. Lori Richardson was with us. Phil Lurie as well. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Great to get the top five do's and don'ts for social selling. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Lori. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Joanne S. Black, no more cold calling. Just like Lori Richardson, score more sales. And just like Phil Lori at SAP. And shout out to Kirsten Boylo and Muhammad Arif. Have a great day. I'll be back at 2 p.m. Eastern today with a new episode of our one of our newer series called Changing the Game with Retail Leaders, talking about growing, getting big, and being agile in the retail world. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign SAPRADIO. 
Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. We'll be right back. 